reading this morning is taken from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 9, verse 1 to 17. And after getting into a boat, he crossed the sea and came to his own town. And just then, some people were carrying a paralysed man lying on a bed. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, son. Your sons, your sins are forgiven. Then some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, perceiving their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, Stand up and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Stand up, take your bed, and go to your home. And he stood up and went to his home. Then the, when the crowd saw it, they were filled with awe, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to human beings. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, Follow me. And he got up and followed him. And as he sat at dinner in the house, Many tax collectors and sinners came and were sitting with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have come to call not the righteous, but sinners. And then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast so often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, The wedding guests cannot mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them, can they? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth onto an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak, and a worse tear is made. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. Otherwise, the skin bursts, and the wine is spilled, and the skins are destroyed. But the new wine is put into fresh wineskins, so both are preserved. Thanks be to God. Uh, so this morning, uh, if you noticed, the, the Bible reading was the same as last week. Hopefully you noticed. Maybe you've been reflecting on Matthew 9 over the last week. Maybe, hopefully. Uh, maybe you recall uh, some of the sermon from last week. I'm going to give you a really short summary. Uh, what we see in this passage is the priorities of Jesus. And we see this priority uh, of the way of Jesus over the way of law. So some of what we looked at last week was that for Jesus, the priority is reconciled relationships through forgiveness. Reconciliation in relationships happens through forgiveness, us and God and us and other people. And so Jesus' priority is for reconciled relationships. Uh, Jesus' priority was not to surround himself with successful people. Uh, he actually spent time with those in need of reconciliation, forgiveness, in order to see restoration and hope to come where it was not. And the implication of that is law is not the path 
to success. Uh, in many ways, in churches over the last 20, 30 years, it's uh, run this program, this will grow your church. Uh, do this and you will succeed. Uh, you, you need to run this ministry in order to achieve your outcome. The, the way of law is that way of formulas, isn't it? Uh, Jesus says, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. What, what does that mean? Uh, sacrifice, I, I sacrifice of myself in order to fulfill what is required law of me. So sacrifice is all about doing what is required of you in order to fulfill the law. Mercy is about getting what you don't deserve. So the way of Jesus is one of mercy. Uh, we're us receiving what we are not entitled to. The way of law is the way of living sacrificially in order to achieve an outcome. Uh, we, we looked at how success looks like people restored in relationship with God and others. Uh, that plans and passion are essential, but prayer is more essential in our pursuit of God's purpose for us together. So that's a, a summary of last week. And last week I said to you I would talk about the last few verses of Matthew 9 to help bring a little bit of clarity to it. Uh, Jesus, if you've got your Bible with you, I'd love you to open it up to page 790. We're at the end of Matthew chapter 9, so on page 790. So right at the bottom of page 790 in verse 16, Jesus says, No one sews a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old cloak, for the patch pulls away from the cloak and a worse tear is made. Uh, so he's asking us the question, what do you do? Do you put an old garment uh, with a new cloth? No, it doesn't work. Uh, think, think about those uh, Bonds t-shirts that you've bought, that you put through the wash uh, 50, 60 times. They're a different size to the fresh new one that's never been washed. And as much as we kind of hope that the one that we buy is the one that will fit, we, we, we build up this knowledge over time as to what will work and we acknowledge that what we get will most likely shrink uh, as much as we use different techniques to avoid it. Uh, say you were to get a piece of new cloth that had never been washed, a new piece of cotton, and then sew that onto that Bonds t-shirt that's been through 50 cycles and has slightly yellowing armpits. Slower, you sew it on and it looks great because you made it fit perfectly and your sewing skills are amazing. Another 10 wash cycles down the, the line, uh, that bit has shrunk. And what it's done as it's shrunk is it's pulled in all the material around it. Maybe it's separated from the material in the pulling. But what he's saying here is that it doesn't work. It was for them, it is for us, that old uh, garments don't need new patches. Uh, maybe if you want to do it, maybe there's a technique of aging the garment in preparation. I'm, I'm not a seamstress or, or anything, a sewer of any sort. I, I tend to buy new and discard old. <laughs> so what's he talking about here? He, he's saying, actually, with law, it's the old garment. New cloth, grace, you can't put that on an old garment. What, what does it look like to put grace on top of law? Our law was imperfect. Therefore, we need to tweak our law in order to make it perfect and then we can live perfectly. 
It doesn't work. Grace and law are, are, are different. Grace is the fulfillment of law, but you can't just put grace on as a patch on top of law. And so, so Jesus is challenging us to think about that. In, in a world where we like law, Jesus is saying you can't just patch things up. Uh, a lot of people want to know, just tell me what to do. Just tell me what the right thing is. Tell me what I should say. What is that thinking? It's, it's the thinking. It's the way of law. People still join cults because people want the world to be black and white, to be clear. We want outcomes to be achievable. We want to know that we've done the right thing. But the way of sowing something new, that is the way of grace, on the way of law, it doesn't work. Jesus gives us a, a second illustration to, to digest that. Uh, and he talks about old wineskins and new wineskins. He, he says, uh, neither is a new wineskin put in, sorry, neither is new wine put into old wineskins. Otherwise the skins burst and the wine is spilled and the skins are destroyed, but new wine is put into fresh wineskins and so both are preserved. I often look at this and, and go, well, Oh, okay, so I need to find old wine and old wine skins and old wine's good. He's not really talking about that. He's, he's not wanting us to think too deeply into the metaphor. He's wanting to un us to understand the incompatibility between new wine and old wine skin. On the left, you have the old wine skin. Uh, what happens uh, in those days is they got the skin of a goat. They, they sewed it up, um, made it nice and sealed as they seasoned it. They put the juice in there and the juice would ferment in that wine skin. As the juice fermented, it would expand, uh, which would create pressure, which would stretch the, the, the skin. And uh, it would get, get to a point where there was this really great wine in this old wine skin, but if you were to put new wine in it, uh, it no longer had the capacity to grow and stretch as the fermentation process happened. And so on the right, you have a new wine skin, and where we see from Jesus that actually you can't put new wine in an old wine skin. So that is, you can't put the way of law, uh, sorry, you can't put the way of the Spirit into the way of law. So think about the Old Testament. Where, where was God? In, in the temple. Not that he actually was contained by the temple, but that's what people believed. He was in the temple. Uh, now, if you were to put the new way of the Spirit and contain it within the temple, the old temple, it doesn't work. Actually, in the, the new way, we are God's temple. We together our God's temple. The, the new, we become the new wineskin which receives the presence of God, His Spirit, in us. Now, were you to put the presence of the Spirit into the old way, temple thinking, law thinking, it, it, it doesn't work. It would burst the old wineskin. So he's not saying that law was bad. He's saying there's something new, and the something new uh, is incompatible with what is old. Uh, so we're having a little conversation about the, the old way versus the new way. Uh, what is he wanting to really get at? He's, he's talking about old law, habits, and mindset. So an old way of being a person uh, under the law 
is incompatible with the new way in Christ. Uh, one of the ways we might recognize uh, that we are under the law is I'm, I'm led by the law and my desires. I desire to do what is right. I do what I know to be right because it is written. I must do the right thing. I get what I deserve, and if I don't get what I desire, I try harder. I do what I've always done. This is just who I am. This is just what I do. Those are habits and mindsets of law. I can accommodate this. I can adjust this. So the, what lawyers do is they, they often figure out ways to, to get around things and they make sure there's no loopholes for things, right? Uh, but we often as human beings think about, like, I can get away with this. Uh, a lot of people will set the, and, you know, I do it as well, set their speedo so it's 103 because you know the speed cameras are fine with 103 but they're not fine with 107 and you're within the margin of error. Uh, I can get away with this. That's an old mindset. Uh, I must do that. Uh, you can't do that. We can't change that. Uh, and what we see as a result is a, a lack of fruit. So the way of law is a, is a way of following rules. It's ingrained into our habits and it's ingrained into our way of thinking. And now, often we, we think that the, in the church, uh, those who are law keepers are those who go to the traditional service. And so the reason I wore the collar is because uh, I just wanted to disrupt your thinking <laughs> this morning. Uh, we, we haven't been wearing a collar at, at 10.30, but at a contemporary congregation, we can often say, well, we don't want to sing too many old hymns. That's a law. Uh, we, we don't dress with collars. That's the law. We don't have candles on the communion table. That's the law. And we can find ourselves as human beings so easily trapped in the way of law rather than the new way, the way of the Spirit. Uh, so, but we're actually called, we're, we're declared to be new uh, wineskins, you are a new creation. And so what's the way of the new? Uh, what are the new? What's the new law? What are the new habits? What's the new mindsets? A, a new person? Uh, we live the way of grace. I've received mercy. I have received what I did not deserve. And therefore, I'm humbled and I give myself to serve that with others. I'm a new person led by the Spirit. Now, uh, I, can, I can wear a collar here as led by the Spirit, uh, but if a, I can wear a collar as led by the Spirit at 9 a.m. I, I use robes at 9 a.m. purely for the fact that it helps some of those people connect with God as, as I'm led by the Spirit. But if it comes a rule, you must do this. In worship, you must do this. We don't do that. That's the old way versus the new way. Uh, law, the, the law of Jesus is I love as I have been loved. So I learn what it means to be loved by God and then I love other people with the same kind of love. I forgive as I have been forgiven. That is the, the new way. Uh, and what we see as a result of the new way is I, we see, I see real spiritual fruit in me in the lives of those who I influence. One way to tell that you're living law 
rather than living grace is that you don't see any fruit other than the feeling that you you haven't quite measured up and the people around you will always feel that they haven't quite measured up that's not fruit of the new wine and so we're challenged to think about how we can be people that can produce real spiritual fruit that we put to death what is old and we bring to life what is new Uh, that we clothe ourselves as as it says in Colossians with what is new put off what is old it's not that you uh, get your church clothes out on Sunday it's not that you uh, just clean up your clothes for Sunday it's it's actually as Christians we wear a completely new set of clothes we're dressed differently in Christ it's, it's not that we uh, become uh, slightly improved, uh, Randall 2.0 in Jesus. It's that we actually become a whole new creation. You're a whole new creation in Jesus. The way of uh, law is not a way for you. You're a forgiven person. You, you no longer, in order to prove yourself before others or God, need to achieve a certain amount of righteousness. Incredibly freeing as you learn what it means to be a person who's loved, not based on works, but based on what God has done for us. And so that's the way that we're called to live in relationship with others and for other people that is incredibly freeing that you're no longer judging them based on if they've done the right thing, but based on the mercy that you've received in order that you may extend mercy and lead them in the new way. Does that mean we live in a lawless society? Well, there's a whole conversation in Romans about that, and Paul unpacks it much better than we have time for now. Uh, What what it does mean is we're called to produce real spiritual fruit. When we try and tweak old laws, habits, and mindsets, we end up with a structure that is not sustainable as we trust in a limited source of strength that's the old way that's really what jesus is getting at with the new wine the old wine the old garment the new cloth old structures habits mindsets don't work Uh, what got us uh, to here today is not what uh, will carry us forward tomorrow we cannot advance with an old way of being what got us today to today is not what will get us beyond 150 because law does not liberate. Uh, we, we know if you do the same thing you've always done, that you get the same thing that you've always got. Uh, but that's a law, isn't it? Sometimes when we do the same thing in the power of the Spirit, He does a new thing. And so, Kirsty, have you got a you're able to hand out pens in a survey. Uh, we're, we're doing a survey, and if you are a technical person and you want to fill it out on your phone or on your tablet and you have it here, uh, I'd love that because then I can collate the responses that way. But you're also welcome to fill it out by hand. Uh, you should have got an email at about 10.45 a.m. this morning. Uh, <laughs> and that has a link to the survey, so you can use that, or you can use the paper survey. But... Uh, what I would like you to think about is what we what got us today is not will, what will get us beyond 150. 
so, so don't think in the way of law. Think in the way of grace. And the reason we need this is we need to believe this not just for us, but for those who need reconciliation with God. Because if we're living law as a church, uh, we're not attractive to the world. When we live law as a church, we're not attractive to the world because the world uh, we live in is exhausted from trying to keep up with the level of expectation that is placed on them. The world we live in is exhausted from trying to keep up with the level of expectation that is placed on them. Well, why is that? Because as, as much as we like to talk about how we are free in our thinking, uh, as much as we like to talk about how we are uh, far more learned than those of a past, uh, we are far more narrow-minded now in the way that we try and create laws to restrict people's abilities in order to achieve what we think is the best outcome. I'm not going to name ways in which we do that, but you'll probably have some ways in your head. No, you can't do that. You, you, you can't say that. Uh, and, and so we need to be really careful uh, when we think about our church, that we're not a, a people of the law, we're a people of grace. You're going to have roughly 10 minutes to uh, read through an answer. There's, there's some questions that have stars. You can rate with by... Yeah, yeah, so one star is one star. Five stars is... If you click it, it, sh it should only give you the option... Yeah, five stars is five stars. You know, like your Uber driver asks you for five stars. If we're doing five stars, it'll give us five stars. But if it's a one, just give us a one. Uh, but also helpful feedback would be really great. And so you've got about 10 minutes to fill out the survey. And at the end, uh, we'll have some prayer and we'll gather together. Uh, very shortly, we are going to sing again. Uh, this isn't the only time you'll get an opportunity to give feedback, but uh, what you are sharing now, and if you have a dream in the middle of the night and you want to send an email, you can do that too. Well, what you're sharing now will help uh, feed into uh, how we shape the year to come for us as a church, and that's not necessarily the first six months of the year. It's beginning to think beyond St. Barnabas Day in 2022 and some of the, the priorities that we need to have as a church and the investments that we need to make uh, in uh, building us as a church that brings new life to many. Uh, Jesus uh, came to uh, set us free from the law of the spirit of the world, <laughs> that is the evil one. Uh, when Jesus came to bring us freedom. He brought us freedom through his spirit, through grace, through his work on the cross. And so we no longer live according to the way of the spirit of this world. We live according to the way of the spirit of God. And one of the reasons we gather on Sundays is to learn what it means to uh, be his people and to be led by the spirit, to be encouraged and built up to live in a way that is different from the way the, re the rest of the world lives life. And so when we go out, we don't expect people to live in any way other than a way of law. And it's these 
predetermined things of law that people have worked up in their minds in order to feel good about themselves and the world that they live in and function. Because at some level we need something to give us function, a frame. And law in the Old Testament was that frame. In the New Testament, it is the Holy Spirit who delights in guiding us in life, enabling us to thrive in a way that we can't when law tries to put us in a box. (laughs) Because you as a Christian were designed to break out of the box that other people in this world puts you in in order to be wildly successful for God uh, and you're probably going to see greater success than my clip art images this morning. But I, I actually really like these clip art images. Uh, you don't look for too many clip art images from me, but I think these are good ones. But you know, this is not what success looks like. Success looks like uh, people reconciled to God, uh, the fruit of God produced in others, that mercy is given, mercy is shown, people are reconciled to our Father in heaven. So uh, my prayer as you uh, share with us some of your thoughts and as we as a church uh, look forward to what God has for us, that we will be really sensitive to how the Spirit will guide us, Uh, that we won't say, you don't wear collars at 10.30, Randall. (laughs) Uh, we don't sing old hymns in the same way we wouldn't hear. We don't sing new songs, but we'd all be led by the Spirit to do what is best for each other. And in, in the end, usually when we're all seeking the best of each other and we're led by the Spirit, everyone comes away far more encouraged than when we choose what we think is best for us. And so that's the mindset that we're going forward with as a church In the same way that uh, when Moses led the Egyptians out of slavery into the desert, uh, a different kind of leadership was needed to lead them from that traveling around in circles and trying to live under the law into the new territory. Uh, Slight explanation of what happens there. So as Joshua takes the charge into the new territory, he's given this command by God, get rid of all that is old because you are doing a new thing. And, but it's the same principle for us, that you can't just kind of patch what is already there. We, you, me, I, need to be made completely new, and that only happens by God's Spirit of work in each of us.